Support for the Woj Pod comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website, choose a template you love, and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this very podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website, so create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash Woj, W-O-J, to get 10% off. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod here in New York with Toronto Raptors forward Pascal Siakam, one of the best young players in the NBA, a candidate for the NBA's Most Improved Player Award, and really one of the most remarkable stories in this NBA. We're here with Pascal on his 25th birthday, less than 10 years after he started playing the game of basketball. An amazing journey from Cameroon to New Mexico State to the Raptors, and a player on the brink of legit stardom in the league. Terrific visit with Pascal. I think you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Here's Pascal Siakam. Here in New York with the Raptors, Pascal Siakam on his 25th birthday. So I, first of all, happy birthday, Pascal. And second of all, I know this is what you always imagine doing on your birthday, <laughs> a podcast. Oh man, I know this, this is special, man. This is special, special day, special interview. Yeah, well, <laughs> special people. And, and so. we and we've got like a few boxes of these. For people who don't know, like teams when they're promoting guys for awards, they'll put together different promotional deals, and the Raptors, rightly so, are pushing you hard and. You're right there as one of the top couple candidates for most improved player in the league, but it's the spicy pea hot sauce <laughs> in a big red box. It's, it's not bad. I mean, this isn't. Is this what you imagine when you get to the NBA? You'd have your own hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yeah, yeah, definitely not imagine this. Right. Um, it was pretty uh, surprising when I saw it. Right. Um, they showed me they yep. did it. And then um, spicy stats on the side of the box. Instead of like the ingredients, <laughs> it's got all your numbers, improvement. It's pretty rolling yeah, it's out. Pretty, it's this I know. Pretty, no, it's pretty high, impressive. Pretty this impressive. Is, this is high-level promotion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I definitely. Yeah, it's, it's dope. It's pretty dope. I, uh, I like it. It's different. You know, didn't really expect it. Didn't see it. But I like it. So 25th birthday, What? what are you, you're in New York, so that's not a bad place mm-hmm. to celebrate it. Yeah, I'm in New York. Um my brother's here. I mean, my agent's here. It's, it's, yesterday, I, I, I practically, like, yesterday, kind of, like, was a celebration, I would say. Uh, we was at home. We had dinner. And, um, you know, oh, it was definitely fun. And uh, now we're in New York. We're probably going to have dinner tonight, too. And I think that's mostly it. I feel like, I feel like I'm old. I mean, I'm 25 years old. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm getting old and, and I just want to like, I just want to relax most of the time, man, with the people that, that I care about and, and, you know, just have, have dinner, you know, um, and enjoy kind of like, just like, kind of like celebrate. We celebrate life every day, but just a little special day, but I'd rather just be with my family and people that I care about. 
is that how you, your brothers and sisters, and you grew up in Cameroon? There's a lot of birthdays in a house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven, sure. and that's people I don't people know. Your number forty three comes from what? Yep, forty three comes from my family. Yeah. Four uh, from my, my dad and my three brothers, yeah. and yeah. three my mom, and my two sisters. So a birthday in Cameroon is cake. Yeah, it is. Yeah, usually just cake and a lot of food. I mean, my like my parents always try to like make it special and like kind of like invite people and 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 depending. Not every birthday was like that, but most birthdays, you know, we had like cake, we had food, we had like our friends come over and eat. And it's funny how birthday was spent. This time of the year, Pascal, especially for teams like Toronto, Milwaukee, I saw Pau Gasol in the lobby. The mm-hmm. Bucks are rolling through here, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, Pau, Mark's on the Raptors, yeah. not Pau. I didn't realize I wasn't thinking about the Bucks being at the same hotel, Philadelphia. Like you guys are just ready for the playoffs right. to start. These games, a lot of people are going to have be rested down the stretch mm-hmm. here. I mean, this is really the hardest stretch of the season because you don't want to get injured, mm-hmm. you don't want to go into playoffs tired, but you still want to go in sharp. So, right. how much should you play? I always think this is a tricky time of the year yeah, for, yeah, for contenders. Def- yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I mean, actually, I had my first day that I rested. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was a big deal until my brother told me. He was like, man, you rested. They rested you. And like, I don't know. It felt like it was a big deal. I don't know why, <laughs> but I thought it was funny that he thought it was a big deal. And, uh, so it's just, it's, it's a little weird. Just like a weird time, like you said, just being able to like balance it. Cause at the same time, you don't want to be, off rhythm, you don't want to be able to just sit and then like you just go to the playoff without rhythm and, and not playing. And it's one thing working out and then actually being in the game, even if you're not playing as much as many minutes. But I think just being in the game is kind of important. I have that feel out of the game, and um, so it, it'd be tricky, tricky time of the year. But I mean, we're playing like teams like all of like our four last four games or something like that. We play teams that are fighting for, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of things. So I think it gets that exciting. You know what I mean? Like it just gets the fact that, you know, you know they're going to bring everything. And it just it just gives you that as a competitor, you just want to go out there and compete with a team that's going to come and, and give you the best shot and since they're fighting for something. So I think that's what make these games kind of like still competitive. And But at the same time, you know, we want to be winning for the playoffs and, and we can't wait for that moment. Has this team, this team's undergone changes, uh, obviously last off season. And then, you know, the Marcus Gasol trade, it was a big trade. I mean, there were a lot of players involved mm-hmm. and it feels like, you know, I think Mark makes it easy because of how he plays. Right. He's a passer. Like he's not a guy coming in demanding the ball or looking for his shots. Did that shorten the learning curve with a new teammate because of how Mark plays the game? Yeah, for sure. Mm, trade was is crazy. I think we didn't realize it until <laughs> I'm in the locker room and I'm sitting there and I'm like, the only people I really know is Fred, Norman, and Kyle. And I'm like, that is crazy, you know, coming from just having the, all those guys that I, I came here and, and I learned from them and, and 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 just now they're all gone and you have new people in the locker room that you got to get accustomed to and and talk to and 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 Mark and you know Jeremy. I mean, like you said, Mark is, is definitely. Um, it's definitely been a great experience just playing with him and, and learning from him. 
and the way he plays, like he's like, I mean, sometimes I have to tell him sometimes to like, I'm like, shoot the ball, Mark. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Cause he's such a great passer and always like, you know, looking for people and, and, and tries to play the game the right way. Um, I think we had a great piece, man. And, and, and it's definitely like a great experience learning and, and just continue to get better. I feel like every day, every game we get better together as a team. Um, just learning from each other and, um, you know, it would definitely be fun, you know, and, and, and it's a fun experience for me. You did not grow up watching the NBA, mm. right? You weren't searching out, was it, whether it was on television or getting tapes. It wasn't how you were raised, even though you had some basketball players in your right. family. Do you find yourself watching the NBA much? Like when you're not on, when you're not playing or you get home late, do you put on league pass or is that not what you do? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I've, you know, I've definitely gotten better, you know, at and, and just, I think for me, like the more I play and the more I learn about the game, the more curious I get. And, you know, I just want to learn more. I think, I think that's what pushes me to just go out there and work hard and, and just wanting to, to get better, wanting to learn. And I sit there and I watch games. I mean, obviously league pass and all that. And, and even like go and back and, cause sometimes people are going like, we'll talk about players that were great, like 10, 15 years ago and I'm like I don't I have no idea what this is like and I have to go and, and look it up and, and do my research and stuff so like things like that I think I think it's exciting it's still exciting and, and, and that's that's what makes it yeah. so intriguing for me because I feel like I'm learning every day like I'm, I'm learning new things this is your 25th birthday you've been playing basketball less than 10 years yep. there's not another player in the NBA at 25 years old who can say that not there's there can't be one do you hear people Especially when someone just explodes onto the scene the way you have. People always want to compare. Well, he reminds me of this guy, this right. guy. Would people talk about comparisons? Say, Pascal, you remind me of this guy or hear it and go, I have no idea who they're talking about. Who yeah. is that player? Um, not really. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't really, to be honest, I don't know. Like, I don't really listen to a lot of comparisons yeah. that, I, that I got and, and I don't really know who people mostly compare. I mean, the, the most I heard now recently was Draymond Green mm-hmm. and, you know, like just a, like the, the modern forward, being able to pass and, and do all those things. But like, I haven't really, like, really listened to like, like a comparison where I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know who this is. I mean, I'm sure maybe like <laughs> there is out there. And, and if somebody tells me, I might be like, okay, like who is this? Like, I don't know. It's funny you mentioned Draymond. And the first time I really saw you play, it was in your rookie year in the preseason. We were in Vancouver, mm. right? And you played the Warriors, Warriors. in Canada there. Yep. And I guess I just hadn't watched you in Summer League. And it was the first game there, and I was talking with Masai, and I don't know, first quarter, second quarter, I'm looking at you out there going, where did you get this guy? Look mm. at this guy is. And it was Durant's first game, and I remember that was a lot of the intention yeah, right. that day. Yeah. But, like, right away – you looked out and you're like, how did this guy go 27th mm-hmm. in the draft? Like you, you knew it the minute, like you, all you had to do was watch you for five minutes and it felt like your progression, you were a much better player by the time you got to training camp, even that year than the day you left New Mexico State, right? right? Your improvement right. had been dramatic in those months. Yep. yep. Um, I think that's just like, like we, we talked about being starting basketball late, right? Like that's just all, all those things, just being able to learn every single day and, and getting better. Cause I feel like, like some of the things that I do right now, I learned it a year or two ago. Like it's it's still new, you know what I mean? Like I'm learning every single day. But but for me, like a lot of people didn't really like you know think 
they didn't really know about me or, or, or whatever the case might be. But I think for me, just being able to be humble and learn every day, knowing that it's going to be a learning process. When I got to the NBA, you know, from my, my rookie year, um, a lot of things happening. But for me, in my head, it was always being like, okay, I know what I can do. And I know if I put my head into something, I can do it. And it was always my mindset, keep working hard and just knowing that, when the timing is right, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to shine. And, 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 you know, I think it's happening. Pascal, growing up in Cameroon and older brothers who had gone to the St. Andrews Seminary School, mm-hmm. which had been part, your, your dad had, I think, pushed is probably the right word, right? right. Toward right. that school. What was your life like at a seminary school that, the, the how your life was structured, how much sports were really any right. part of it. It was like an hour a day of right. recreation, right? Yeah, it yeah. was, this was not a place you went to become a great athlete or to be developed. That's not what it was Definitely for. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, it's just for me, like what I really get from that place is just discipline. You know, I think that's something that, you know, they definitely instill in kids and, and being able to go there every morning, waking up at five o'clock in the morning, going to church. Every single day, you know, doing all the little chores and, and stuff like that. Going to class, after class, eating, going to church, like pray like five times a day. Be like, I mean, there was like one hour of like like sport or recreation, mm-hmm. if you want to call it. And and we had like a little basketball court that was like, it was definitely not the best. <laughs> the basket looked crooked. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. But mostly it was soccer, right? Like the whole school played soccer. And I had maybe like a couple of people that played. Like they didn't even play basketball. We weren't right. there for fun because it was there, I guess. And, right. And, and we just did it sometimes. But nobody really cared. It was all soccer. So there was never really like anything like sports related like that. I mean, obviously we were always athletes. And, and, and as kids, we like to run around and jump and, and play around. But it was just never like structure in anything like basketball or anything like that. So... How many of the kids actually there? It's a seminary. Mm-hmm. Some are there willingly. Some like you did yeah. not really want to be there, right. right? Right. How many of those kids were headed into like religious occupations? Yeah. Most of them. Yeah, most. I mean, not. I, I would say a good part. Like, I, right. I, not a lot. I don't yeah. think. I mean, it, it was a lot, but like, I would say maybe out of a hundred kids, maybe like twenty five went. Yeah. Went and, and continued to, to, to go there. You know what I mean? Like all the religious and I have a, my best friend right now is like a priest. He's about to be a priest. I mean, he's, he's going to, you know, um, the, since there's a minor seminary and then there's like the, the another seminary that you go to mm-hmm. and then, you know, so he's going through the process. He's about to be a priest. So like there's like people like that, like a lot of people that go through the whole, the whole thing and, and, and become priests. Did it at the time put a strain on your relationship? With your dad, and the, the, there was Father Collins who mm-hmm. who ran the mm-hmm. seminary, who I think you were close to, and I think over time you became less enthusiastic about being there. Started to become maybe a problem. How did that impact your relationship with your dad, and how you were interacting with him in terms of, hey, I don't want to be right. at this place. Right. right. I was definitely. It was definitely tough. I mean, my dad. My, but it's like my dad is not someone I really argue with. <laughs> if you looked at my dad, your I dad mean, is six six, big six, guy, big guy. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't really want to argue. You with might him. have been taller, but you probably didn't <laughs> yeah, have any I was, strength. I mean, looking. I mean, compared yeah. to him, I was so yeah. much leaner. Um, How yeah, tall were you at six sixteen? I would say like maybe like six 
five, okay. maybe like yeah. that, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But he had dad strength. Yeah. Like I mean, six, he, six, he was a big yeah, guy. Yeah. Compared to, I, I would never, like, never even try. Right. <laughs> he's, he's a big guy. But it, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot of, like, a lot of moments where we kind of clashed. But I think I didn't have the courage to kind of, like, even say something about it until I was, like, 17, 18 years old, like, going to, you know, finishing high school. You know what I mean? So it's like, I understood, I knew my dad always wanted my best interests, right? Like, my dad, and, and he knows, he knew what was, what was best, and his only purpose was to make me a better person, make me a better man, and, and, and I, I always knew that. I mean, I, as a kid, you always argue, right? Like, you're always mad, and, and then when you grow up, that's the only time that you realize, looking back at it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this was the best thing that had ever happened to me, you know? Um, before going to seminary school, like, I couldn't make my own bed, I couldn't wash dishes, I couldn't, do laundry like you, you, I was I was a little I was the, the last in the family like I was a kid my mom gave me everything I needed I mean my brothers my mom made him made him do everything for me like I didn't have to do anything like I was I was just literally just standing there not doing anything and having everything because when you're the youngest everyone has lost patience with taking the time to teach it right. so it's faster to just do it that's what happens with right. the youngest right, right. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the WojPod a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at wojpodcast.robinhood.com. The discipline that you gain there, getting up at five in the morning and all it takes to go to school there. And when you find yourself, you come to the U.S., you're at a school relatively in the middle of nowhere in Texas, high school, Mm -hmm. and then Las Cruces, New Mexico for New Mexico State, and then... It's a journey and it is, you're in a world you don't know at all. How much do you draw from the routine and the discipline and, and the things of like, cause it's easy and then it's easy to start to get distracted with right. everything that becomes available to you. All of a sudden people recognize you as a really good player. Right. Like I said, I didn't know when I was going through that. I mean, I hated, I hated the school, right? Like I hated everything about it just cause. And I always felt like, you know, my dad forced me to go there. Like I, it was just not something that I wanted. Like I hated it. But then looking back at it, you know, when I'm, I'm growing up and, and, and like you said, going to, going to Texas by myself. I mean, I didn't have anybody really. I mean, my brothers was in the States, but I was by myself and going to college. I was by myself. And I think that discipline from there and being away from my family at that, the young age, you know, kind of like molded me to be in that situation I was in, like, you know, 
going to college and all that. I wouldn't say like it was not like I, I didn't miss my family, but I was I was good. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't call my brother and be like, oh, I, w- I don't want to be here because I'm homesick. Like I, it was it was never that because like I was used to being away from my family. I was used to not having my dad giving me everything. I was used to not having my mom doing everything for me. So. That definitely, that discipline in the seminary and being away from my family definitely helped me just focus on myself and, and try to better myself and work hard for what I wanted. Cause as a young kid, it would, it could have been easy for me to just be a type of kid that didn't want to work for what he, what, you know what I mean? What we want, what he wanted. Cause as a kid, I had everything that I really needed. So that helped me, just gave me that mindset of working hard and knowing that everything is not given. And that I had to go out and take it. There's such a premium in families in Africa on education. It is important. It's a staple of life there of, of wanting, you know, the best possible education for, for their kids. And a lot of, I think the idea of trying to come to the United States to get a scholarship mm-hmm. is not built around, well, maybe you could become a professional, maybe you could be the next Joel Embiid or uh, Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. It's no, you have a chance to go there and get a university degree, right. which your brothers did, your mm-hmm. sister. And for you, I think with your dad, that that was. I don't know that your dad ever cared if you picked the ball up, right? right? That was never. That was never really. He didn't really care about that. I mean, obviously, my dad being able to travel and experience different things. Like, I mean, um, he traveled a lot and. And obviously, being in the states, seeing, knowing about the NBA, and and he just knew it was something exciting, you know. But as us, his kids, I mean, he wished that. I mean, he talked about it. I mean, he was, and since we played basketball, and when we started being invested in basketball, like my brothers, he had you know these talks and and being excited and maybe wanting them to play the NBA. But going to school was always his first thing like it was always graduating it was always getting a degree going to the u.s because that was the land of opportunities like you know that's where everything is great there you know and like that was his idea go out there get all the knowledge that you can get come back home and and you know help your country and develop you know help the family and and have all these 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 great things that you learn there and and become you know a better man and take care of your family. And so like, that was, that was his idea of the U S and that's how he, he took it. It wasn't never like all oh, basketball, basketball. It was mostly just education and, and having the opportunity in the U S cause it was way more opportunity than, than, than there was uh, back home. Pascal, did you ever get a chance to tell him that and how you see the way it prepared you and you look back and you like a lot of kids, you fight it at the time and then you appreciate it later. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get a chance to tell him that? No, I mean, that's something that I really think about sometimes, you know, just, um, there's a lot of things that I think about that. I felt like, you know, maybe I didn't tell him or, or, um, maybe that I wish he had known. And, and, and cause it's it's easy to just leave every day and, and not kind of like, um, just, just telling the people that you care about or you love like certain things just cause it's just life, right? Like yeah. we're just going through life every day. We, we all do it that we, way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and nobody really thinks about that. And, um, one, one of the things that, that always kind of like hurt me, um, it was just, just like going through it. And, and when, when I found out, you know, that he passed away and, and, 
and the day before I had Mrs. Call. This like, this was your freshman year. Yeah, that's my freshman New Mexico, New Mexico State. State. I mean, those things like that. Just I mean, it it was it was it was, it, it was tough, man. Yeah. It, it was it was tough. Just kind of like wishing that you had the opportunity to just kind of hear him out. You know, like you don't know what what could have happened. Like what what he wanted to tell you. Like I, that's something that I would I would give everything that I have now just to know, right? Like just to have that conversation at that time and, and kind of like knowing like what was going through his head mm. and, and, and what he wanted to tell me and um, things that you can never, yeah. can never get back. You know, you were a freshman at New Mexico state and you get a call from your sister to tell you that your dad had passed. And because of immigration laws and, you can't just get on a plane right. and go home and you were not able to go home, mm-hmm. not only not for his funeral, but I don't think people in this country appreciate what young men and women like who come and who are separated from their family mm-hmm. for not six months or a year. But in your case, you went, I think, four years, mm-hmm. right, yep. between seeing your mom yep. because of travel restrictions. I think you finally saw her your rookie year in the NBA. Mm-hmm. She was – you guys were able – to reunite, and that is—I don't know who else in society is asked to do that. And I right. think it's, you know, part of it are the laws and, and mm-hmm. those things. And to have a loss like that in your life mm-hmm. and and not be able to be there with your family, I, I imagine they still feel that yeah. pain. Yeah, definitely. Because um, a lot of people like usually they're just like I mean, like going through just the NBA life and, and thinking about everything that's going on, man. Like we we forget like what's really important, man, and. And for me, like, all I care about, like, I, I can just remember that, that moment where I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm mourning the death of my dad. And, and like, I, in my heart, I know that I can't go home. Like, I, I can't be there with my family. I can't, you know, like, I can't go back and see him, you know, for one last time just to say goodbye. And, and I don't see anything, you know, tougher, tougher than that. Like, for me, like, in my life, just, just knowing that I wasn't able to be there at that time, and just because I, I can't travel, a lot of immigrations, and and mm-hmm. I mean it's it's definitely you know coming in, we know we know how tough it is, right? Like mm-hmm. we understand, and obviously being being an African country, you know, and 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 a lot of things happening, and, and a lot of laws and different things that mm-hmm. I don't really, I can't really put my head around, and and you know, um, it's just it's just it's just unfortunate, you know, that we have to go through those things, but. At the same time, we understand it, but, you know what I mean? And, and we just trying, you know, all we're trying to do is just come in here, you know, get opportunities and, and, and be able to, to be, you know, the best person that we can and, and use our talents and, 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 and kind of like change the word and, and give opportunity to, to kids, other kids back home and, right. and give them, you know, just the, the, the belief that, that is possible. Like, cause I think as, as, as an, Af- as an African, we all need that. We don't really hear enough that it's okay to dream. We don't really hear enough that, you know, you can be wherever you want to be. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the best player in the NBA. You can be, you know what I mean, the best, the best person in your community. You can be a leader of your community. You can be wherever you want to be, wherever you decide to be. And, and I think it's important that we tell kids in Africa that it's possible, you know, continue to work hard, continue to believe in yourself and, and do whatever you want to do. And, and it's okay. It's okay to dream. Like I, I, I wouldn't, sometimes I would, I would look at myself, you know, just not dare dream that I'm going to be in this position one day, you know, like just cause like it doesn't really, 
happen to people like me. So, like, I, I think for me, that's what my message to, to kids has always been. Like, it's okay, dream. Like, you, you can make it. There are ever times in Toronto you, you stand and you look over and you go, well, th- there's an African power forward center in Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. We've got an African general manager, president general manager in Masai Ujiri, OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. Who I think you always like to tease him that he's he's from London. He's from London. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's from Africa, but we'll we'll let that slide today. Today we'll give him a pass. He's he's from Nigeria today, but he's really from London. (laughs) uh, But to imagine that, and like what's interesting, and I know you've you've talked about this before, Serge to young players in. Africa, Serge is a, he's one of the great success. He's one of the stars who's come from there and had a lot of success. You didn't know who he was. Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he knows this. <laughs> we haven't really talked about this, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. Like I, I didn't have no, my, not my basketball knowledge before, you know, before basketball without borders was. I mean, I think the only people I really knew was like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant or something. I mean, obviously Shaq or, or right. just the the biggest the, right. you know, stars that even if you don't play basketball, right. you know them. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So like those were the only people I knew. I didn't know Serge. I mean, going to basketball that board was a big deal. He was there, I guess. I mean, I think from learning, I, I understood, you know, from learning about it. But it was just at that time, I just didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea. People hear here all the time, basketball without borders, and they see the videos, and, and it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. And and we know what Maasai has done with the Giants of Africa program, mm-hmm. which has you know built up programs in all parts of the continent. And I, I think you're really – I don't want to say one of the first big success stories of mm-hmm. basketball without borders, but if you don't go to basketball without right. borders, did that open up your eyes to like – Number one, maybe I'm pretty good, and there's somebody else who knows basketball who's telling me maybe I could be pretty good. But like, what did it mean to you to go and be in that environment? Right. Um. I think I think for me the biggest part was the environment because I mean I was a, I was a basketball without borders. I mean Masai was there. Yeah. And says he, he doesn't remember. Yeah, he doesn't remember me. So I don't think my talent was <laughs> was as great. It's not like I was that, I was that great that you know when people saw me they opened their eyes like oh my god like it wasn't like that. But I think for me what I took from that was the experience like seeing these people and and when you look you hear about the nba um if you don't know anything about it it's like okay all these guys that make they play ball and and they make a lot of money and and they they all these like you know they have fancy cars and and they are these fancy people that are like in a in a like a different world than we are in you know that's kind of like how you see it coming from the outside and if you never really watch basketball right and and for me going there i think the experience of seeing these guys and and just like knowing that they came here, like just like they didn't have to come here. Mm-hmm. They come here to a bunch of African kids, and and they give the time, and they you know they like regular people, and they just ask cool, and and they want to teach you things, and and I mean I think that was fascinating to me because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to see a bunch of people that was just there and they have money and they just look at everybody else like, okay, you know, and I think that experience and the environment and, and how they use basketball to teach us, you know, different things and, and that, that opened my eyes. Like it made me feel like it was cool to be an NBA player. It was cool to be in that environment. I think that's what excited me. 
Hey guys, we all know getting tickets online can be far too complicated. So many sites make it confusing. Plus, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Everything SeatGeek does is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Look, before SeatGeek, I hated trying to get tickets online. It took way too much time, and the sites always made it more difficult than it had to be. But that all changed when I discovered SeatGeek. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. And best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code WOJ today. That's promo code WOJ, W-O-J, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So be smart. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. You are surrounded in the NBA on your team with the Raptors and then guys you compete with. Almost all the guys you play with or play against, they have dreamed and worked their whole life to get there. And they knew a ton about the NBA. They prepared to be there. They worked to be there. And then they had an idea of what it might be like. Do you have, do you think, a very different view of the league because – I don't want to say you stumbled into it, mm. but you you did work to improve right. and become the player you are, but you haven't spent your whole life chasing it. Right. Do you think you have a different view on the league than most of the guys around you? Um, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think at the end of the day, no matter when you started dreaming about something and, and, and you know, it, it, it just depends on the amount of work you put in and, and whenever – you just you fall in love with that thing. How much you put into it, you know. What does it mean to you? And I think that's that's the most important thing for me. Um, I didn't play basketball. I started basketball late, but you know, basketball is everything to me. You know, it's it's not it's, it's bigger than just you know bouncing the ball and and, and, and trying to score baskets. It's, it's about it's about family. It's about legacy. It's about um, making making my family proud, making my dad proud. Like it, it has like a deeper meaning than just than just basketball and 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 this and just because of that reason it it gives me that fire and and just like wanting to just be better and and, and work hard and, and and be there every single day so i mean compared to somebody that started when it was you know there was a little kid chasing the, the basketball when it was a kid i mean they have that fire and and it comes from from different experiences that they had or, or but for me i think it's the more it's not about the time you know it's mm-hmm. about what it means to you and and how much you put in what was the first time you thought i have a chance to be a professional player what was the first moment you you remember one where you said i think i have a chance <laughs> to be really really good at this um yeah i think Sophomore year in college. I mean, I, I registered in my first year, so it was registered freshman year and then registered sophomore year. That sounds like my second mm-hmm. year playing. I remember, uh, there's this, um, when I was in school, uh, New Mexico State, it was like, uh, Preston Laird. He's now at University. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was at University, I don't know. Um, with, with Marvin Menzies, but like, that was like my guy. Like, we always worked out together. We always like, you know, like, he, he was always there, right? Like, and, and I remember we were sitting there talking. 
we were just talking about everything, right? Like, and, and he never really like saw me talk about it like that. But like, I, I just had like, I just had a feeling. Like, I, I felt like, man, like I can do what these people do. Like, I, I can, like I can, I can be this good. Like, you know, like I, I was, I started, you know, I averaged twenty and ten. Mm-hmm. Like, in my head, I'm like, I don't see a lot of people that can stop me. Like, like that was just my mindset. You know what I mean? Like, and and I just felt like I was just. It was just a feeling that I had. Like, I can't really tell you how or why I even felt like that. But it was something that just came through my body. And it was just like, man, like, I think if I really continue to work hard, like, look at the improvement that I made from freshman to sophomore year. Like, if I really put my mind to this thing, like, I can really do it. Like, and, and that's kind of like when I realized that. Where did you learn the spin move from? Did you emulate it or did you just start doing it? Yeah, I just started doing it. I, I think I've been spinning since I was a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> even even now the basketball court, I just, like, just playing around. I, I, I always like to, like, just spin around, like, I guess. Like, I, I've always done it. You played soccer as a kid, and mm-hmm. it, it's part of his balance and footwork. Mm-hmm. You think soccer helps you to still do? Yeah, some, soccer, yeah. definitely footwork. Yeah. Definitely footwork. Um, being able to use, kind of like be, for a guy my size, being like a little lighter on my feet and, 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 and you know, like just mobile and be able to, to do different things. I think um, soccer definitely helps. Is there a pressure around your team? There's a lot on the line for the Raptors this season of, like, this is a team that went all in, made big changes from last year, made more big changes at the trade deadline. Do you feel that hanging over the organization as a player, whether it's coaches, management, the fans, ownership? Like, cause it's real and it's there. Do you feel it day in and day out? No, I don't feel it. I mean, for me, I mean, we go to work every day. We have this, this dream that we're chasing. Uh, we all want to accomplish the same goal. And we work for it. We work hard for it. And, and obviously going through, you know, all like the playoff, you know, and everything. And, and you always, there was always that, like, you know what I mean? It's always surrounded and people always talk. But I think for us as an organization and as, as players, we kind of like just focus on, and I, I think obviously with the changes that's been happening, I feel like most of our focus has always been about like just figure things out and continue to get better. And, and obviously we, we have a good chance. We have a chance. We have, we have, we have a really good team. And all the, we, we definitely like all the pieces that we have. And we know we're just excited about the opportunity to go out there and chase and chase our dream. How many times a day when you're away from the court, not in the locker room, when you're in a restaurant, you're wherever you might be, how many times a day do you get? You think twice, Dan? Come on. Oh man. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm tired of the quiet, the quiet questions. <laughs> Is Kawhi gonna stay or is Kawhi gonna do? Like, it's just, at this point, I'm like, I'm like numb. Like, I'm, I, when somebody <laughs> says that, I'm like, but I'm you just, get it all the time, I right? I get it every single time, every day, every day. Like, I mean, that's, that's the Kawhi story. Right. <laughs> but that's the NBA story right, now, right? right? That's the NBA of KD staying, mm-hmm. Kyrie staying, mm-hmm. Butler, and, and, it, like, like, yeah, and I think right? it's an everyday thing, right? Like it's 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 every day. We hear about it every single day, and we always wonder what's next, right? What's the person's gonna do? And <laughs> and for me, like I just like, at one point, I'm just not even like I I don't really listen to it anymore. Right. Like I'm I don't really listen to it. Like I, I'm just because at the end of the day, 
Unless you know, we, <laughs> unless we'll know, I, I, I'm not gonna know, so I, I don't know what's happening. You probably can tell you're me gonna more. Know, you're gonna know, but it's not, you're not gonna yeah. share it, cause you don't need to make your life more complicated. Yeah, right? you, you probably know more than I do, like, I don't, I, nope, I'm just. Nope. You live it every, you live it every day, but, like, you guys, the last thing you're gonna do is put yourself in those crosshairs, like, yeah, I'm not taking, I'm not taking the heat for expressing my opinion on that one. You can give that to somebody else, right? I don't know. Right? You tell no, one of these days, Kyle will just blurt it out, right? Kyle, if anyone's going to just say it out loud, right? I feel like, yeah, maybe yeah. Kyle would be the person I'll probably tell somebody. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Kyle is just... Uh, yeah, he's just got an opinion about everything. Yeah, yeah he, would, right? he would tell you like it is. Like, <laughs> what, What's it like playing with, living with, traveling with Kyle Lowry? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nobody quite like Kyle. Like, you, yeah. like he's coming with something every day, mm-hmm. right? Like, Kyle is like one of the most like amazing teammates that i had like generous i mean right the guy is just he's always you know what i mean like he cares about everyone like as like he's like a, as a teammate i mean like oh my god like you know what i mean like and obviously for me on the floor being <laughs> i can run in the floor and he can pass so like i mean we definitely got that connection and um he's just an amazing person he's an amazing guy always you know like he always trying to make sure that we're good like especially for me um, we have definitely like a really good relationship and, and he's helped me like a lot and, and he always had that, you know, that, that big brother kind of like, like, he's always kind of like that big brother I can talk to you about, like just basketball and, and even my game, like just knowing, like if he sees something, he, he always tells me like what, you know what I mean? Like how I can always improve. So he, he's always there, man. Like he's, 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 he's great. And, and I'm just happy that, you know, like going through my career, like I've, I've been able to meet him and, and playing alongside him and, 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 and that he's been able to help me, you know, through my journey. And, and, um, and, and yeah, like I said, he's a great teammate. Um, so it, it's been, it, it's fun. He, he's a definitely an interesting person, you know, um, definitely. I mean, obviously joking around, he always have a lot of jokes. Yeah. And, no. And, and uh, you know, um, I bumped into him in the lobby on the way up, and you know, yeah, yeah, that's my guy. That's shit. my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> that's like, and and I think I mean his his, his relationship with the media is kind of like definitely interesting a little bit, but um, I think you know as a teammate, I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's definitely the teammate that you want to have, a guy that's going to play hard, give everything that he has for the team, and and sacrifice you know himself for the team. Would you have ever imagined? I mean, listen, you've got you're coming up on your rookie extension. Mm-hmm. And it went from before, like, Pascal's going to get a – he's looking at a really big contract, right? That We knew that coming into this season. And now as we're heading out of this season, people are going to be saying, Pascal's headed toward being a max player. I mean, that's – because you're always projecting with contracts, like, where you mm-hmm. are and what you're going to be and what what it would be like for you out in the market in a year. Like, do you ever stop to look at what the numbers would be? Just for somebody who – they're big for anybody, mm. but it's kind of just – it's come quick, right? Like right. It, you know um, what they might look like next year, <laughs> right? You know. Come on. There's a lot of downtime in the NBA. Your agent's talking to you. You, you see – you know. You, I mean, yeah, you, you know Jafar and Ty. Yeah. You know them. I mean, obviously, I mean, we, have, we have conversations. And, yeah. and um, for me, like I don't really – like it's not on my mind like constantly, like right? Like it's, it's not something that's on my mind. Um, obviously – I have a long way to go, and and I'm gonna sound like I'm giving like a political answer right now, but uh, that's really how no, you're not that's gonna, really how I'm so, feeling. So you're not gonna demand a max contract. That, from that's I'm like, I'm not. I mean, probably call me right now. <laughs> you ever get called in? You ever get called? Like, 
Messiah call you in the office to get like you ever get called no, in that office? Messiah texts me every single day. Like <laughs> I talk to Messiah all the time. After games, he's gonna text me like, Man, I don't know about these three turnovers. Like he be having a lot of turn like he Messiah is he texts me every time about the game and stuff, so we always talk. Pascal, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to do this. <laughs> You've got it, birthday dinner somewhere in the mm-hmm, city mm-hmm, tonight. Mm-hmm. So yep. We will see in the playoffs, and we'll see. I've got there's like five boxes of the spicy. I know you got a lot. You got sauce. a lot of hot sauce, man. You with might, the hot sauce. You might uh, you, you might get spicy after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, make sure you get you. you know, so we'll wait and see that most improved player vote uh, here in the off season. But but thank you for doing this, Pascal. We'll, we'll see in the playoffs. All right, thank you, my man. I appreciate right. it. I feel like I'm big time now, hanging out with Woj and stuff. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it gets bigger than this. I promise you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Toronto Raptors forward Pascal Siakam. Remember, you can listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever else you get your programs. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors, Wix.com, Robinhood, and SeatGeek. Be sure to support them the way they support us here at the Woj Pod. We'll catch you next time.